Carlosophies. Something truly amazing happened. Within 48 hours of my podcast rebrand and relaunch, I found myself climbing the iTunes charts, landing at number one in the business category. I was picked up and featured in New and Noteworthy and started hearing from random strangers about how my podcast was changing their life. I found myself tagged in a Facebook group by someone I didn't know telling me they'd noticed I was at number four in the business category, telling me I was a superstar. I was shocked and fucking excited, totally taken aback. It was so unexpected and so darn lovely. I couldn't believe that things were finally happening for me. Shortly after, and watching the charts like a hawk, I reached number one. It really took me by surprise and I allowed myself to soak in its awesomeness for around mm, 2.5 seconds before my inner bitch kicked in. It's not going to last. You'll never be able to maintain that. That was a fluke. This will be no different to anything else you've ever done. It'll turn to shit and you'll give up. You're a fuck up and a failure. You'll never be anything but mediocre. Don't continue to kid yourself. I mean, seriously, why could I not just own that something truly incredible had just happened? Enjoy it for what it was, be happy in that moment and soak up the goodness before forward projecting and essentially lining up that this was as good as it was ever going to get. And for the record, if it was, was there actually anything wrong with that? At that point in time, yes, there was something wrong with that. I constantly needed to be more and more and more The success was never enough. The money I made was never enough. The audience I had was never enough. Nothing was ever enough for me. And I resented that fact. I resented that I never got handed to me what I truly deserved, fame and fortune to be idolized and recognized on a big scale. So as I'd predicted, the dizzying heights didn't last. I tumbled back down the charts from whence I came. Truth be told, I have managed to maintain a spot in the top 200 the entire life of Carlosophies, but tasting the sweet victory of hitting number one, it could never live up to my expectations. Maybe I had passed my expiry date. People started reaching out to me, asking me how to start a podcast, asking me about what they would need, asking me to teach them about audio so they could make their show sound as professional as mine did. There was no fucking way in hell I could teach them everything I knew over a couple of messages. I'd spent my entire life working with sound. As a kid, I was the one who had the double tape deck and was constantly recording myself, making my own radio shows. I'd studied and loved sound at university. I'd worked in all areas of a radio station. Then I'd spent over a decade creating recording spaces and improving my setup. This wasn't a half-hour lesson or a few Facebook messages. This was something bigger. Instead of following my previous approach of build it and they will come, I decided to do a bit of a George Costanza and try the opposite. I'd see if I could sell the course and then I'd build it around the people who signed up. I knew roughly what I thought they'd need to know and I could find out firsthand what they didn't know they didn't know. And then create the content around their specific questions and stumbling blocks. I put it out there and had a sign up immediately. I didn't have an email list yet it didn't seem to matter. I'd been adding value to the people around me for so long without asking for anything in return. So when I put it out there, people wanted in. Somehow I managed to get 15 people signed up to that first round. I was pumped for hmm, 2.5 seconds. It won't last. What if you can't deliver? They'll probably hate it and think it's super lame. What if this is as good as it gets? Why would anyone pay you to learn this stuff? Seriously, who the fuck do you think you are? Sure, you had a successful podcast for all of one day. The results were great. Of those first 15 people, two of them had gone live in the first couple of weeks. It was working. 
but I was so focused on the people who hadn't launched. I wanted to make sure this wasn't another course that people signed up for and never finished. I desperately wanted them to go live. I felt this deep responsibility to make sure they got so much value out of the course. When people didn't go live, I took it kind of personally. It was about me, not them, my value, my shortcomings, not theirs. And it wasn't even about their shortcomings. I mean, we all have choice. Some people signed up because they thought they wanted to start a podcast and then decided they didn't. That's cool. It's not my responsibility to make them. Well, I see that now. Once that round finished, I was ready for another. I opened the doors once more. I think I had 10 people sign up. was a little disappointed, but it was a pretty good result. During the third launch, I started to lose the plot. I mean, if I look at it logically, I'd burned out all my friends and contacts. Those who wanted in had already signed up. I'd really done nothing to grow my list to that point. I started to panic. I knew I needed to make list building a priority, so I started testing shit out. I tried ebooks and quizzes and webinars and four-part training series. I tried launching a few times a year, then every month, and then moved to Evergreen, which means people can buy whenever they like. Back to launching, because Evergreen was like a dead duck in the water, and then back to Evergreen. I tweaked and tweaked and tweaked. Nothing seemed to work very well. Well, I realized that maybe it was working before. I just couldn't see it at the time, so then I'd go back to that. But when that didn't work, I'd go back to what didn't work in case it worked this time around. I sought answers to why it wasn't working from anyone who'd listen. I'd desperately throw more shit at the wall, trying anything and everything. While I became increasingly filled with doubt, increasingly attached to an outcome other than the one I was getting, and increasingly more broke, it felt like a repeat of the Office Collective all over again. I was throwing money and energy and resources at a sinking ship and I just wouldn't jump off. From the outside, people continually told me shit like, man, you're everywhere, you're killing it. From the outside, it looks like I was an expert, that I was a leader in the field, people knew who I was. Only, I wasn't seeing that translate to sales. And the more desperate I became, the less shit seemed to fly, and the more focused on everything that was going wrong, the less I could see what was going right. I couldn't see that I'd had over 100 people do Radcasters, even though my email list was only around 600 people. I couldn't see all the people who had taken what I'd provided and created massive change for themselves, thanks to the information and support I'd shared. All I could see was a shrinking bank account and expectations that just weren't being met. I became increasingly frustrated. I was doing all that I should be doing, and I wasn't a fucking idiot. I was an intelligent woman who was pretty good at business. So why did nothing seem to go my way like fucking ever? Once again, here I was, mediocre. Everything I touched turning to shit. Where was my Midas touch? When was it going to be my fucking time? I'd done the fucking work. I'd been consistent. I know I'm worthy. I deserve more. I desperately want more. I want to be a success just once. I wanted to be there, wherever there was, a full bank account, a thriving community of people who worshipped me, validation, approval. I can't handle any more rejection. It wasn't all shit. I had some great opportunities come my way, but as usual, I found ways to diminish my wins. ProBlogger reached out and asked if I'd be interested in speaking. I jumped at the opportunity. The year before, my best mate Lisa and I made a pact that we would be back the next year on the stage. So when this opportunity came my way, I mentioned they were still looking for speakers and Lisa would be amazing. Sometimes being part of a community is harder than being alone. 
Before, when I was working for myself with no one around me who worked for themselves, I felt like a bit of a rock star. I was living the dream, working for myself, making okay money. Most of the people I met were pretty in awe of that. They saw it as something pretty amazing. I was going places. Only when you're surrounded by others that are going places, it's easier to feel that you're not. And while I craved the community so desperately I was willing to lose almost everything for it, it hasn't, at times, been the blessing I'd imagined. In fact, at times it's been a curse. It's caused me to get stuck in comparison. It's caused me to back out of ideas because someone I knew was doing the same thing. It's made me question if I have what it takes. It's made me really doubt myself. It's made me look at what others were achieving and feeling really shit about what I was achieving. It's made me feel mediocre, a bit of a loser. While everyone around me seemed to be finding success, I was finding mediocrity in droves. That's not to say that I'm not incredibly grateful for my community. I am so grateful because those same people lift me up, remind me that I am worthy and that I'm anything but mediocre. So the following story has nothing to do with Lisa. I love Lisa to bits. She's honestly my best friend and confidant. The person I confide in more than anyone. The person who holds me to my highest potential, who reminds me that it's possible, but it doesn't mean at times her success doesn't trigger the shit out of me. It does. And that's okay. Sometimes I'm sure I trigger her too. In fact, I know I do. We're both human, and that's part of the experience. So back to ProBlogger. I was so supremely excited that I'd been approached to speak at what is the premier blogging event in Australia. It's next level shit. An incredible event run by incredible humans. To be a part of it was just so fucking amazing. And I was even more excited to learn that my best friend and I would both be on stage just as we had planned. Only the excitement was short-lived. Now, this is going to potentially make me look like an ungrateful twit. And maybe I was. But it's the truth of where I was at the time and hiding this shit because I'm ashamed doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve me. Sometimes we all feel like this and it's okay. The day we got our offers, my ego took a hit. Lisa was on the main stage and I, I was in a side workshop which would fit maybe 30 people. What had been a moment of joy and celebration very quickly turned into yet another opportunity to feel shit about myself, to beat myself up for not being enough. Everyone around me was stoked. They thought it was amazing and there was part of me that did too, but it was overshadowed by my feelings of mediocrity, unworthiness, patheticness. Then I was contacted to partner with ProBlogger and record some podcasts with all the keynotes live at the event. What an amazing opportunity. I couldn't believe it. But before I'd even had time to celebrate or recognize the honor that they'd thought highly enough of me to ask to create content for them, I was already dismissing and diminishing it. The event was amazing. I had such a fabulous time and met so many incredible people. In the moment, I felt alive, vibrant, like I'd finally made it. Finally, here I was, where I belonged, with the people I belonged with. Belonging, something I'd craved all of my life. But wherever I went, the shadow of my mediocrity was only one step behind. While interviewing the keynotes, I told myself they were probably wondering, who the fuck is this chick and who the fuck does she think she is? They felt above me and I felt very much below. And then there was my competition. In the last couple of years, podcast teachers and coaches were fucking everywhere. How could I compete? Why should I bother anyway? They were better than me. They had more people in their workshops. People must have liked them better. They didn't like me. Some even got spots on the main stage. I didn't because I was shit, because I was mediocre, because nobody gave a shit about me. 
You know, just writing this has given me an insight into a major theme throughout my life, feeling like nothing was ever enough for me and that I was never enough for anything. By the end of the event, I'd reconciled that I had been given the opportunity, not because people felt sorry for me, another story I've carried around all my life, but because they saw me as something more than mediocre. Perhaps they saw something in me that I knew was there all along, but just couldn't own. All the irony of the whole own your awesome thing, right? Shortly after ProBlogger came another A-grade event, which I was invited to be a part of for the second year running. Only again, at the risk of sounding like an ungrateful cunt, I was hidden away in workshops. Off to the side where I could only impact a small amount of people, it just didn't feel like it was where I deserved to be. Sometimes I honestly think I live in this dichotomy of moving between feeling totally mediocre and having delusions of grandeur. During this event, I met some incredible people and had such an amazing time. One evening, I sat around a table at the speaker's dinner with some super high-profile people in my industry. I strangely felt like I belonged, like I had earned my place at this table. I earned my place at this event. I belonged and I was deserving. And we had a great meal, some drinks, and some interesting conversation. One very profound, life-changing conversation took place that night. One of the other speakers at the conference shared an exercise that a friend of hers had shared with her. She asked us to imagine that we were on stage, the lights were on us, the crowd was standing on its feet, and in our hands we held an award for our life's work. What was the award for? My immediate reaction was giving permission. It came through almost before she'd even finished the sentence. I shook my head in disbelief. We went around the table sharing what our purpose was. Writing, 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 writing. I looked around and felt like the biggest freak going around. Maybe I'd got it wrong? Maybe I should just say writing. Clearly, that was a winning answer. Maybe it was the status quo, I'm not sure. Or maybe it was just that we all feel we have a book in us. I know I've always felt that way, and I did my best to avoid it for 39 years. Perhaps there's something about a book being permanent, a way that we can live on after we've gone. There's certainly something very romantic about writing a book, but giving permission? Who the fuck did I think I was? And what would this table of high-profile entrepreneurs think of that response? If they hadn't already figured out I was a total fraud and a fucking dickhead, they, they surely were about to. Speak your truth, Carly, I said to myself as it came closer and closer to my turn. This is going to sound really weird, but it's giving permission? A few perplexed looks, perhaps, but the world didn't fall out from underneath me. And maybe a couple thought I was a total tool, but I didn't really give a fuck. I was ready to own it. And in that moment, I knew what my book was about. It was about giving permission to others, not just to live their big dreams, but permission to walk away from shit that didn't serve them, permission to leave that relationship that bled them dry, permission to take a job if it relieved financial pressure, permission to put business on the back seat if they wanted to spend all their time raising their kids, permission not to have kids if they didn't want to, permission to write that book they feel is their one big thing, or not to write it if they didn't want to, permission to go all in, permission to hold back. I just really want people to be okay with themselves. Perhaps because, to this point, I'd never really been okay with myself. Immediately, I started writing. I had no idea what the book was going to be, but I knew it was around permission, and it might be part memoir, part self-help. I'd just start. The rest would surely figure itself out. Do what you love and the money will follow, right? Hmm, we'll see. 